Nine gamer in the National Hockey League tonight. Vegas Golden Knights will be back at it tomorrow against the Calgary Flames. We'll catch up with head coach Bruce Cassidy in just a little bit uh, as he spoke after practice today regarding what they wanted to work on, what he thinks of his team so far, and what he expects tomorrow night against the defending Pacific Division champions of the regular season. Uh, They broke the hold uh, that uh, Vegas uh, thought they would have, I thought that Vegas would have, for a number of years. Now, uh, things... uh, intruded on the plans for the Golden Knights uh, by way of injury last year. Uh, And Calgary was so healthy all year. It was crazy, the comparison between those two uh, lineups uh, throughout the season. Uh, Tomorrow night, we get to see them play best on best for the first time in, in over a year. So that will be cool to see how they stack up. Is, Is Calgary really as good as they were last year, what they look like? Or is Vegas back? And Vegas back at it. Uh, that'll be fun to uh, to watch uh, tomorrow night. And we continue to uh, enjoy bask in the three and zero start that is the Golden Knights with an opportunity to equal the franchise's best start tomorrow evening. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to Vegas and Calgary. It's one of those games where I feel like we're we're going to be talking about these teams all year long. The Calgary Flames are interesting because you you talk about the transformation of this Calgary team from last year to this year. You don't have Johnny Gaudreau. You don't have Matthew Kachuk. But what you do have now is, you know, Jonathan Huberdeau, who is a points machine. You've got Nazem Kadri fresh off of winning a Stanley Cup. And then you add in Mackenzie Weger on the back end. It makes Calgary's defense much better than they were last year. So I think it might take time for the Calgary Flames to to maybe realize their potential. Like, I don't think that they're going to be as good now as they're going to be toward the end of the season. And that might make them susceptible to, to not picking up as many points maybe early on in the year when they are working and integrating all these new pieces in. But that all being said, I, I think that these are two of... Uh, the better teams in the Pacific Division. And I know I said that, you know, I, I think the Golden Knights are, are a playoff team, but not at the top of the division. This first head-to-head matchup might inform a, a difference, uh, in my opinion, depending on how the Golden Knights fare. Well, Vegas is 25% in the power play column to start, and the Calgary Flames are a mm-hmm. team that you equally don't want to take a penalty against because they can turn it up uh, on the man advantage as well. And you've got uh, Jacob Markstrom in goal, and I assume Logan Thompson will go in, although Aiden Hill is also from the city of Calgary. We'll get down that path uh, more in just a little bit. Do you want to do game ratings, or do you want to hear from Bruce Cassidy first? It's your option. Well, let's do the game ratings first, then we can put that to, we can put that to bed, and then we can get into Bruce Cassidy. All right, the rating of the victory over the Seattle Kraken. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty easy one for me. Um, I'll go DeLorean. I'm going to go five out of five. Um, I didn't see a lot that I didn't like in that game. The Golden Knights were really, really good. Um, first period, 12 seconds in, when, when you've got Bruce Cassidy talking about the need to start better and you score a goal 12 seconds in, and it's your fourth line that gets you on the board, and it's Keegan Colasar burying one into an open net because he missed one in Chicago uh, against Chicago, um, that to me was, was as good of an omen as you could 
could ask for for the Golden Knights in that game. Uh, you get a, power, a couple of power play goals. You get Jonathan March is so back on the board. You get Phil Kessel's first point as Golden Knight. Aiden Hill, really, really good in his first appearance for the appearance for the Vegas Golden Knights, plus a two-point night from Jack Eichel. Uh, there's not a lot to, to, to really be upset about with that game. I'm going to go five out of five DeLorean. Hitting the max with the DeLorean. The game rating this year is focused on vehicles, vehicles from the past. Danny's looking at me like, DeLorean, what are we doing here? Uh, a one out of five is yeah. an AMC yeah. Gremlin or a Pacer. Uh, the station wagon is a number mm-hmm. two, and we're talking the Big station wagons with 4,000 square feet in the back. Uh, the Hummer is number three. Can't believe that's gone, but it's uh, it's adequate. That'll get you around. That's number three, middle of the road. Trans Am is four, where you think you're really cool, but the DeLorean beats it out with those butterfly doors with a, uh, a five out of five. And that's the way Ryan Wallace has gone, both in game one, Game two and game three. It's been awesome. And I'm following suit with a five out of five. Different reasoning, though. Uh, while the power play was hmm. great, I love that. I like getting a goal that maybe shouldn't beat the net miner but goes in. Maybe starting to see some <laughs> breaks rolling your way. That's a positive. That that trickles down through the guys where they start seeing some, mm-hmm. some good fortune fall their way. I enjoyed that shot from the side that Jonathan Marcheseau managed to squeeze past uh, the net miner in Martin Jones. And the other part that yep. I'm going to just dive right into is Aiden Hill being so great for more than 50 minutes of that game and arguably deserved a better fate than allowing a couple of goals late. But where I I loved his play was the first period coming off two spectacular games, really good efforts by Logan Thompson. Sometimes when that happens, Mm -hmm. it dials up even more pressure on the other guy. Same way when, when a goalie goes in when somebody's pulled, you got house money. Yeah. Like there's no expectations. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of times why why the second guy is so much better than the first guy. Just roll with it. Like we've already basically probably lost the game. If I can just do a couple of things right and then snowballs and there's a comeback. But you're dealing with no pressure. There was there was pressure on Aiden Hill coming in after mm-hmm. the consecutive wins by Logan Thompson. And he answered the bell and was just as good as what Hill was in games one and two. Yeah, I like your reasoning um, with Aiden Hill. I thought he had a really, really good game for the Vegas Golden Knights, 31 saves on 33 shots. I agree in that he deserved a better fate. A couple of pucks get get by him late, but that's just, you know, credit to the Seattle Kraken for not giving up, I guess, uh, in that game. Uh, and, and then the, the Jonathan March is so crazy angle goal. Like that's, that's an interesting one. Um, if you were a coach in the NHL, Darren, would you ever start Martin Jones against the golden Knights again? Well, not based on his track record of get, only finishing half of them. No. Like, that's a crazy like, stat. Like he's been he, pulled he, in, in, go ahead. Well, he basically gets pulled in, in half the games that he starts against Vegas. Yeah, I think it's I think it's nine out of twenty five or something yeah. like that that Martin Jones has been pulled um, in those games against the Vegas Golden Knights, and and I don't know like sometimes 
it just happens, right? In your career, there's just one team that has your number over and over and over again. And like, I understand why Dave Haxtall did it. Martin Jones in the first, in his first game for Seattle was significantly better than Philip Grubauer was, but I, I don't know that I would ever put Martin Jones in that position again to have to face the Golden Knights because it just hasn't gone his uh, way uh, his entire career. I, I don't know why Dave Haxtall did it. You say you understand it because you're basing it on <laughs> Philip well, Grubauer not being great in the I'm, first game and Jones winning game number two. Yeah. But it's the home opener. Your franchise yeah. goaltender deserves to start that game over a first-year member Bold of choices. your club that, that comes in. And then you add in the career <laughs> analytics to it. I have no sure. idea yeah. what Hackstall yeah. was doing at that. Okay. I like he, he, okay, Grubauer, Grubauer. He was going with the great. hot hand. That's okay. what he was doing. One game. One game hot hand. Jones had the hot hand the I, game before. I, I hear you. But that but then look at the career mark. And and you know who else I, was wondering why he was starting that game? Martin Jones. Mm. Jones is saying everybody. Does, <laughs> is there no internet in the office? What whoa, they did not look at my career record against these guys? Yeah. Ne- never yeah. mind. Yeah. Martin Jones, who got out of the Pacific Division. He got away from the Golden Knights. He was in Philadelphia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he was a free agent. Why yep. is he coming back to the Pacific Division? Why is, why is he subjecting well, himself to that? It's a place with a job. It's a place with wow. a job, Darren. That. Like, like listen, as, as you know, I, I, I'm here for everything that you're saying. Um, I, I, I can understand the reasoning behind Dave Haxtall going there. Um, if I'm Philip Grubauer, it doesn't sit well with me. But then again, Philip Grubauer's been bad. A little like, early to be sending a outwardly message. bad as as a Seattle Kraken. Yeah. So you know you don't get that you don't get that start. Maybe that is you're right. Sending a message to your veteran, sending a message to the guy that was supposed to be the reason you were good in net to get back to that level of play. We'll see how it plays out for Seattle, but not a great. Um, first opportunity for the Kraken to do some damage against the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas they will take were outclassed it. in a lot of different ways. Golden Knights run all the way to the bank and cash that one. All right? Love it. Yeah. But do you know how bad it is for a goaltender to get pulled nine times <laughs> in 25 appearances against a team? Like that is... Yeah. There's not another goaltending stat that will compare to that from the unbelievably <laughs> bad, crazy, cringeworthy type stats. It's not having his number. It's chasing him down the street and never letting him back into the building again. Unbelievable. Uh, so we got some Bruce Cassidy sound. I want to uh, bring you some of yeah, this. Yeah, we do. Uh, he, they spoke after practice today. The team had yesterday completely off, and then they went back to practice today in Calgary over at the Dome. Uh, and he starts by, uh, I want to talk about the just the practice today and what they were concentrating on coming off that day off yesterday. Uh, get our feet moving after an off day, just some pace, a little bit of rush reads, uh, three on three to five on five stuff that I thought we're still sorting through uh, different. That's one of the tweaks of the, how we're playing differently. Um, yeah, and a little small ice game at the end, some competition's always good. Those competitions, a fan might come to a practice and watch the goals brought out to the blue lines, three on three with the goalies in there. What do you call that drill and what's the point of it? Uh, the point of it is puck protection, puck support in a small area. 
The point of it is to beat the guy across from you so you can chirp him after. So there's a little bit of team building involved in that. And it's hockey to me. It's, it's um, like I said, trying to create offense in tight areas and quick transition. The coaches pass it up quick. So, um, yeah, a little bit of everything. That is a uh, unintentional plug for the podcast, The Chirp, with Darren Millard. You like that, yeah, Ryan? I'm sure, it is. He's a, he's a big fan of it. Bruce Bruce loves it. First time we first time we well, interacted when he was hired by the by the Golden Knights. True podcast. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but but he's right. Those those fun drills, those competition mm-hmm. drills, are great when you add in the type of personalities that the Golden Knights have. You, you've been around the rink uh, during a mm-hmm. uh, scrimmage or a power play drill or, or a, a small area drill where uh, Jonathan Marshall is yelling, Alec Martinez is uh, hooting and hollering, and Mark Stone is into it. They have a perfect team for those small area drill type games that they did today to get everybody involved and increase the competition. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a team that that has a high compete level, and when you put that into uh, one of those small ice games, it, it becomes a a nonstop chirp fest. It, it really does, and it's it's really fun to watch because it, there's there's all those different elements of of what it does for the individual player, where what the, what skills you're trying to stress, how you're trying to implement certain things, but then. There's that underlying bit about it being fun as well, and I think for you know a Golden Knights team that that has a lot of expectations on them this year, Bruce Cassidy coming into a new setup with expectations as well. Anytime you can sneak some fun into the the practice and and kind of build the camaraderie around that, it's a win-win situation. A lot of give and goes, uh, short little passes, working yourself open. You got to have uh, all the skills going with the hands. It was funny. Will Carrier was asked, uh, "Does he does he like those?" Uh, drills. And he's like, no, no, not at all. He's getting used to them uh, because ninety percent of his game, ninety nine percent of his game, uh, he told Ashley Vice has played uh, right along the boards. Those small area games, uh, working a lot of the middle of the ice, uh, very different than the style that he utilizes. But he does admit he's getting better at it. Uh, as far as this team's early season schedule, strongly weighed uh, against. Western Conference teams, and this week uh, starts with another opponent against the uh, from the Pacific Division. So that is key. Well, I mean, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're going to play well. That's the game plan. Uh, they're they're probably the heaviest team we'll have played. Um, I expect a lot of pucks behind us, so our puck retrievals, breakouts, going to have to be clean. Uh, going to have to get some holdups, um, good proper support, transition well. It's always a lively barn, lively board. So be on our toes. Um, but again, it's it's a good test um, early in the year to, to see uh, the teams that were in the playoffs last year and to see where we're at against them. Uh, we saw L.A. Seattle had been playing better um, and, and uh, good road wins there. So that, that's the plan. Three out of four to start on the road and three out of four from inside your division. And nobody's been better since the launch of the Vegas School of the Knights inside their division. That's every team in the National Hockey League. When you take in the points percentage, Vegas has dominated inside its own division more than anybody else. And that, we know, because you play more games against your own division than other teams throughout the year, gives you a big leg up in your playoff position going into the postseason. 
Yeah, and you know what? I again, it's it's one of those things where the Golden Knights have have just kind of come into this spot, come into this division, and you know they they really haven't taken any prisoners. Like it's been unrelenting year after year after year that the Golden Knights have had success against the Pacific Division. And you know, I, I look at kind of the commentary from Bruce Cassidy it, it, in, in the Calgary Flames. They're a big team. They're a heavy team. Like this is going to be a challenge for a number of different reasons, because, you know, I think for the Golden Knights going into this year, they they've got some muscle. They've got some size to their game. They are, you know, if, if they're playing well and doing things the right way, they're going to be hard to play against along the walls. So uh, a test in the Calgary Flames, who I think are a team that can, that can engage in those battles, maybe a little bit harder and heavier than say the Seattle Kraken it's going to give you a real idea of where the Golden Knights stand tough call for Bruce Cassidy as to which goaltender he starts tomorrow Aiden Hills from Calgary good point Logan Thompson's from Calgary now Logan is uh, a little bit ahead in the battle for the number one job so I would guess and expect him to start but you got two guys from that town. Both want to play that game desperately, and we know we know their future, or their past, right? They went to middle school together. They mm-hmm. played in the sort of same minor hockey association. Uh, Aiden was a was a year ahead uh, of Logan. They've got uh, some history that they've known each other a long time and uh, know all the same places. In fact, Ashley Vice for uh, Nightlife, uh, the magazine show on AT and T Sportsnet, took them to one of the mm-hmm. local rinks, and they hung out today, and and told some stories. Oh, nice. Uh, about uh, growing up and playing uh, minor hockey and in and around the the same area. We'll have some of that tomorrow night in the TV side uh, on the pregame show. But uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, has two goaltenders who have played really good through the first three games, and I'm curious what he thinks about these netminders so far. Here's Bruce. Uh, Solid. uh, They've been real good. They haven't let in what I'd consider a, a bad goal timely saves I think we've played well in front of them for the most part but when we've broken down they've been there for us so um, yeah nothing but positive so far it's early but uh, they had you know they must feel good about their games too because they've looked sharp so three goals against in the 4-3 win against the Los Angeles Kings shutout and then two allowed uh, versus the Seattle Kraken and Bruce when he as a coach can say haven't let in what you consider a bad goal, a goal, a puck mm-hmm. that shouldn't go in, that's high praise from a coach because mm-hmm. National Hockey League head coaches don't want anything in. Like, basically, they want a shutout and they want you looking good <laughs> posting the shutout. Yeah. That, that's yeah. where the line is with NHL coaches. Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, I... I Part of me feels like Bruce Cassidy is is just kind of different from you know NHL coaches by and large, and um, it, it just in kind of the way that he breaks down the game transparently. Uh, but you 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 can't find one right. Like you go through all the goals against that the Golden Knights have given up this year. I can't find one where I say, "Ooh, Logan should have had that," or Aiden should have had that. I mean, they've been quality scoring chances against that have gone in the net. And when you give up those types of plays, those pucks are going to go in. There's too much talent all across the league to expect to have a shutout every single game. But when you're getting goaltenders making the saves they're supposed to be making, and they're not, they're not losing you games. In fact, you go back to that game against Chicago, call it a goalie win all you want to. Logan Thompson was a main reason the Golden Knights won that game. Um, 
I, I look at it and say that right now, the Golden Knights, three games into the season, their goaltending is not an issue. How much that, how much that continues to be the case remains to be seen, but right now, goaltending has been perfectly fine for the Golden Knights. We haven't even had a puck that went in where you go, uh, and then you find out it was double deflected and went off a butt <laughs> and in the net. Yeah. Not yeah. even one of those upon further review. I, there's no way he could have stopped that. But on first glance, you're you're raising your eyebrows. There hasn't been anything close to that so far. Yeah. Which I think, again, is a big plus to, to Aiden Hill. Even though a couple beat him in the third period, they weren't of any type of uh, aroma where it makes you question at all. And then you come back and you, you try and do it again this week with Calgary Winnipeg and Colorado, and you get that internal competition going between the two mm-hmm. where you have to be excellent or you might not get in the next game as opposed to, you yeah, have an off night, uh, we'll take you out early and you rest and you recoup and you may not practice tomorrow and you, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. This is, you have to be great every night right now to get that next game to go back in, especially with the the competition coming up this week where you're not going to run somebody all three of these games, and they're all three great opponents, so everybody's playing high-level opponents. So that kind of brings up this this idea, right? Because Bruce Cassidy said that from a goaltending perspective, they've got October mapped out and they've got a plan, right? Um, What do you believe the plan was? Go ahead. That's that's very normal and has been uh, sure. the case yeah, in, yeah. in the past uh, here and is is very similar to what uh, a lot of National Hockey League teams try to do. There's a lot more uh, correspondence and back and forth, I think, with uh, the goalie whisperer, I call him, Sean Burke and and yep. uh, Bruce Cassidy. But to map out your, your opening month, even month to month as the season goes on, you try and map it out yeah, uh, yeah. A, a little bit. So Given that, and given the performances we've seen so far from Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, I, I don't feel like there's any reason to abandon or, or tweak what that plan was. What do you think the breakdown looks like this week, Calgary, Winnipeg, Colorado? Well, if you were going to v- sway from the plan or veer off because of the performances so far, it would have been really easy to go back back to Logan in Seattle because he had a shutout there last year, his first career shutout, and things went really well for him in that late-season series. So you were off to an incredible start. You're 2-0. The goalie tender's coming off a perfect performance. If you're going to go off what you've mapped out, that made all the sense in the world. They stuck to Mm -hmm. the plan. So this week, uh, I don't think the play so far has dictated how they see this going. And so if I'm going to be Sean Burke and Bruce Cassidy and look at this as how the goaltending is going to be playing, it's I'm expecting, Darren Millard is expecting, a 60-40 split. To, to expect yeah. uh, anything else for your first year in the National Hockey League, workload-wise, for Logan Thompson, that's mm-hmm. a lot. And we know Aiden is a little more familiar with the rigors of a National Hockey League season, even though he didn't play in the back half. So I'm going 60-40. This week, Logan's probably going to play two of the three. Tomorrow in Calgary, 
I would anticipate that he will get that start. I would expect Aiden to play Winnipeg at home, mm-hmm. and then Logan draws, because he's earned the number one job, draws the defending champions. That's partly yeah. a reward, and yeah. partly just you don't give every anybody a back-to-back this week, like two consecutive starts, so it spreads out the workload. Bruce may have, and, and Sean, may have totally different ideas and the, I, Sean is the goalie whisperer, man. Like he, he, he's got it. Uh, to be able to go from uh, Mike Rosati over to to Sean Burke and have Mike Rosati still in the organization, you're talking high level intelligence in the goaltending uh, department with the Vegas Golden Knights. But uh, if if he's got a different plan, uh, I would default to him. But I would. That's the way I see it from from my point of view. Yeah, I I am kind of right there with you. If if it was sequenced differently. If it was Calgary, Colorado, Winnipeg, then I think Logan Thompson would get those two games back-to-back, so to speak. Uh, But because you've got Winnipeg kind of sandwiched there between Calgary and Colorado, I would expect that the plan would be for Logan Thompson to get Calgary and Colorado. So it'll be an alternating start situation for the next couple of games. Uh, But but I'm, I'm right there with you. The 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 interesting thing I think from there is how do the goaltenders fare over the next three and does that move you off of the rotation you had in mind? Um, we'll, we'll wait and see after the end of this week where where the Golden Knights are at with that. So you're basically in a rotation from game two on. That's sure. what we're yeah. that's what we're spelling out right now. Does that go deep? Now you've got a a back to back next week, Toronto and San yep. Jose. Does does that change? Aiden has played uh, San Jose. He used to play in San Jose. Um, I don't know whether that means that he would get that one, uh, which would lean towards Aiden Hill getting consecutive starts, or whether Aiden Hill uh, would get Toronto and and Logan Thompson coming back with San Jose. Uh, that's a little bit of a flip. Uh, they're not going to somebody's not going to play both those games. But for for the first month and a half through game nineteen, as I talked about. I think you could see something even closer than 60-40, in that realm. And letting both guys get comfortable, establish some some strong game, and earn the trust deep into this hockey club. And that's something that, uh, that would be impressive to be able to go with that with two goaltenders who entered camp vying for that number one job on almost equal footing. So it's going to be fun to watch. I'm curious to see how it uh, shakes down. We're going to take a break. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League coming off a a really interesting uh, last few days and the OV watch and something VGK-related on the other side of Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Golden Knights transaction. Daniil Miramanov has been assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League. They went 1-1 one one on the weekend, uh, trouncing Tucson on Saturday, 6-2. But uh, Daniil Miramanov uh, missed uh, training camp. He played uh, a handful, again, more than a handful, uh, I think uh, over 10 last year with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yep, 11. And he has some severe skill 
going yeah. up front as a defenseman. Uh, Mr. Training Camp, so looks like he's uh, back and healthy, and uh, hopefully he's going to be, uh, be able to work his way into that Henderson Silver Knights uh, lineup uh, very soon. And then he becomes that candidate to be recalled if there's any type of uh, situation that requires it with the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I, I'm excited for Daniil Mirmanov just to kind of get back to action, right? Uh, you're talking about a player, as you mentioned, Darren, that's got great skill. He was phenomenal, uh, not this past uh, preseason because obviously he didn't play in it, but the one prior for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you, you see how he reads the play, how he's able to jump into pockets and, and find uh, find a way to produce. So um, I'm, I'm excited for Daniil Mirmanov to get back to action, get back to playing hockey, and you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what he does with the Henderson Silver Knights and whether or not he's available for Vegas. Should they need him in the future? Plus, he's a blast to talk to. He's just one of oh, my he's favorite awesome. guys yeah. to to hang out with and uh, and trade uh, questions and answers with. And sometimes he'll throw a question to you uh, right in the middle of it. Uh, we have the chase <laughs> for history happening with the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's been. Throw a push to the side with the start of the season and uh, the question about goaltending, uh, Mark Stone's health, Jack Eichel being ready to, to go and, and centering that uh, line with Riley and Phil. But sneaking up on it, next week mm. at this time, we will talking about Phil Kessel equaling the consecutive games record in the National Hockey League. He will tie Keith Yandel providing everything goes uh, perfectly at 989 on Monday at T-Mobile Arena a week from tonight. It's happening fast. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Um, that That's still astounding to me, like honestly, that the idea that a player could be in the lineup day in and day out for, you know, 986 games, 87, 88, 89, like, that is just an astronomical number, especially when you consider what the Golden Knights went through last year and what we've seen uh, with injuries here and there. Um, I, I just it it blows me away um, that that you're able to find players that have these streaks. And you know, once knock on wood, Phil Kessel passes that number, then you're looking at uh, you're looking at a thousand. That's the next benchmark, mm. which which is just again an astronomical number for me. So he, he ties it next Monday against the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of his former teams. That'll be neat. Mm -hmm. And then he breaks it the next night in San Jose with 990. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. It doesn't stop there. Like Yandel broke the record and then you knew it was going to run its course. Like he was at the end. He's now broadcaster. Uh, Shows you what uh, the training goes there. You play in 990 games, and uh, then you can do my job. So he goes to 990, Phil, next Tuesday. Hmm. We need four digits here, like 1,000 in a row. And where it goes from there, it doesn't uh, – I have no expectations. But 1,000-something uh, would be the coolest part about, about this record. Like part of me, and and I know this isn't going to happen, but like part of me wants Phil to just get to one thousand, and then just keep that round number, like just <laughs> round number, like just say, you know what, I'll take the next game off. Like I'm good. I've I've played in a thousand straight. 
I don't think that there's going to be too many that are going to, to, to get to that mark or, or sniff it or come close to it. So uh, keep the round number, and then you you just you start a new streak. I, I don't know. I, I doubt it will happen, but it would be funny if it did. I've done some uh, research leading up to this uh, going uh, into the campaign, like Gary Unger, Doug Jarvis, Keith Yandel, guys that uh, have held this uh, mark over the years, uh, how their record started and and what the challenges were during the course of their consecutive game streaks and how they eventually ended. Uh, that would be a very unique completion uh, for Phil if he did something uh, along the lines of that. But uh, oh, 1,000 games, uh, that's my goal for him. And, he, and he's done it. Here's the cool part of what Phil's done. He did it through COVID. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the most impressive part yeah. or fortunate part. I mean, you're not... You get COVID, you weren't able to play. Like nothing you can do about it. But somehow yeah. he he avoided that through all the testing. That's when you know the the good hockey gods are smiling down on you. If there was ever a case for, you know, me believing in hockey gods, yeah. it's probably that. Yeah. So there's a there's a little chance that you might come on board. I like the like the thought of that. Uh, we've got a lot uh, happening over the last uh, few days. Oh, one of them is. Connor McDavid setting down the challenge to everybody else. You want to take me on? I got you. He's got four goals to start the season, including a hat trick in the opener and a a four point night in that. Uh, I'm starting to come around that, that maybe that's his focus this year is to Mm -hmm. just go out and win, win the Richard and show everybody that he's the best all around player. If he wants to be. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been tooting that horn for a while now. I think Connor McDavid's going to try to score 60 goals. Uh, in fact, I think Connor McDavid's going to try to score 61 or 62 or 63 because that's two or three more goals than Austin Matthews scored last year uh, when Austin won the Hart Trophy. I think Connor McDavid is coming for the Rocket Richard. I think that he wants to prove to the world that he can score goals just like Austin can, and he might just do it this year. He might just do it just to say that he could do it and then be the the player that he's been before that, but I think Connor McDavid's going to open up a lot of eyes with how many goals he puts in the back of the net this year. And the guy doesn't even lead his own team in points. Well, he's tied at uh, five with give, Leon. Give it time. Give it time. I, Connor's going to go all yeah. over the place this year. Uh, we have uh, a, a great uh, three stars of the week for the National Hockey League. Sidney Crosby yeah. averaging mm-hmm. three points a game uh, to start. <laughs> Trying to do it for yeah. the third straight time. Uh, record breaking. 18th year in the league. Yeah, that, uh, would, uh, that would be uh, a really impressive. Like, never happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Sid's first star, Connor's second star, and then you got Jake Ottinger, uh, the goaltender for the Dallas Stars, is your third star. That's a star-studded collection. You're not getting some uh, guy who's in his 13th year just hanging on and had a good week stretching mm-hmm. into that uh, three stars of the week. Not a chance. And, and did you take a look at the, the top point producers so far? Like it's Sid, Panarin, Rantanen, McDavid, mm-hmm. Dreisaitl, Stamkos. Those are your top six in points right now. And all might eventually make their way into the Hall of Fame in Toronto. Like it's, it's very possible. I love that, 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 that yeah. the stars dominate from the start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty wild, honestly, when you, 
when you the the name that I think is most surprising to me is Sidney Crosby, uh, just because I didn't expect uh, over the course of two games Crosby to be you know at six points, two goals, four assists. Like you're talking about a guy that's in his 18th year. The production has 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 been still point of game, still really good, but it's slowed from where he was in his prime. And yet here's Sidney Crosby. Maybe this is his um, you know his his big production year in his late 30s like we got out of Alex Ovechkin mm-hmm. last year. Who knows? But it's encouraging if you're a Penguins fan. Like I didn't expect Sidney Crosby to be, to be at the top of that list, but here we are. He's kind of mailing it in tonight against Montreal, though. Usually he uh, does. He plays really well in Montreal. But Malkin scored yeah. uh, a twice, uh, and it's uh, Penguins up 2 nothing. Crosby does not have a point. And as we mentioned earlier, Ovechkin has his first of the year. He's 113 shy of Wayne Gretzky now for the most goals yep. of all time. But the Capitals do trail that game against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, that uh, has turned towards the Canucks 4-2. He scored in that power play. Yep. Bad power, bad penalty for uh, Kuznetsov and Vancouver, which has now led by multiple goals in all mm-hmm. games this year, but don't have a win. Can they close this one out? I, I think they do because we all understand that the Washington Capitals are probably deserving of a 4-2 um, come from... The, the Capitals aren't good. That's that's all I'm going to say. I, I've, I've been banging that drum. I don't think the Capitals are, are very good. I, I think Vancouver is going to, to win this game. But, but, I mean, Darren, that's not even the most interesting score on the board right now. The Arizona Coyotes are up 2 yeah. to nothing on Toronto at the end of the second period. Look out. In Toronto. Yeah. Uh, not that uh, that Arizona can't or won't win games this year, but winning their first game in Toronto against the Leafs, who have already been questioned to start this year and have their number one goaltender out for four weeks, it's very classical Toronto. It is. It's classic They've Toronto. They've got... They've got 13 total shots on goal, uh, the Leafs. Detroit Red Wings expecting a better season this year, but Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be out four to six weeks after suffering an upper body injury, blocking a shot. That's disappointed. <laughs> uh, I've liked Detroit's game so far. They're fun. They're a fun team to watch uh, mm-hmm. when you when you flip around the dial. That's kind of cool. Um, Sonny Milano signs the one-year deal. I'm not sure whether we got to that last week, so I want to make sure I, I mention that uh, because he was a guy that we talked about a lot during training camp, waiting and waiting and waiting uh, for that contract. So Sonny Milano has that uh, that deal, and that broke, uh, I believe, on Saturday night. So uh, those are your one-timers for this Monday, October on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Danny's looking at me like I've lost it. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, we're back uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas so with uh, Danny Smythe, who's operating the show today. Normally, this is catching up with Chapman time, where he greets us with some kind of weird happening in his life, or he just does a random sports update. And we go along yep. with it, make fun of him, and then uh, continue on with the closing of the show. But, uh, Danny, I just want to thank you for today, for stepping in and doing this on late notice. And we wish uh, Chapman uh, a full recovery. He got the flu shots. He was under the weather. I don't know whether uh, I'm allowed to say that or not, but I did. Uh, the uh, 
<laughs> the experience that you've had today, how do you sum it up? Like life-changing, dream come true, how would you go uh, Yeah, it's probably somewhere right in the middle of those two, I would have to say. Yeah? So if, if you were going to expand on that, would you say you would turn down a million dollars to do this again? Mm, probably a little bit more even. Yep. Oh, see, yeah. Let's see, I, I knew it. I no. knew we were a valuable. No, don't do that. We, we were super, <laughs> super popular, uh, not only with the audience, but, uh, but around uh, Lotus Broadcasting. Your last name is spelled S-M-Y-T-H. Correct. How many different ways have you heard that pronounced? Uh, really, it's just everybody. Every single person just pronounces it as Smith. Really? Yeah. I think I think maybe in my life I've had 10 people get it right on the first try. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. It's not Smith, though. No. It's Smythe. Correct. <laughs> Are you related at all to Patty? No. Has anybody ever asked you that? Nope. Really? No. I thought that would be illogical. I can't believe. I, like, I'm red hot right now. <laughs> We're popular, and I'm asking the never asked uh, questions before. Uh, was it ever pronounced differently going into your past, like your ancestors? Was it was it Smith and then changed to Smythe? I don't think so, but from what I've heard, it is the Irish spelling because the the English spelling is... Smith with an E at the end to make it Smythe. Oh. And then I believe mine is the the Irish spelling of it because majority of my ancestors come from Ireland. Hmm. Have you been to Ireland? I have not, but I really want to go. Can I go with you? Absolutely. Let's, Let's plan do this. It. We need a driver. Do you want to come, Wallace? Go. Yeah, yeah, I want to go. Yeah, let's uh, let's sure. make that happen. If if Chapman was here, he'd uh, well, Chapman would already be gone because he, that's all he does is, is travel the globe. Uh, Twelve <laughs> seconds. The Washington Capitals gave up goals, two goals inside twelve seconds tonight against the Washington yep. Capitals. That's the same amount of time that it took Vegas to score the other night against the Seattle Kraken. That, it's tough when you watch that goal. To imagine them scoring it any faster, like that, mm-hmm. like it was, it was mm-hmm. one draw down, pass and in. Yeah, very efficient. Yeah, I mean, the second fastest goal in franchise history. Yeah, yeah. They just wanted to take their time, let it breathe a little bit to make sure. The mm-hmm. best part was Keaton Colasar off the second faceoff, uh, after yeah. they took the one nothing lead, and our cameras got zoomed right in there. It, there was a little giggle there of the face-off. Like, can you believe that just happened? We got a one nothing lead. We're rolling. I would have changed myself. I would have taken that plus and gone straight to the bench and said, I did my job. We're back tomorrow. Calgary Flames, Vegas Golden Knights, 4 o'clock, one hour of EGK Insider Show tomorrow on Fox Sports Las Vegas.